Welcome to Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. This show is about animals and the people who dedicate their lives to them. And welcome, everybody, to another episode of Animals to the Max. I'm your host, Corbin Maxey. How are you doing? I'm talking to you. I'm talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to the show. I really, really appreciate it. We have such a fun show today. You know, I had such a fun time talking to this podcast guest. We went well over an hour and I had to look at the time and I was like, oh crap, I need to wrap this up. But we just talked about so many fun topics in the zookeeping world and just in the animal world, the wildlife world. And, you know, we talk about some kind of controversial topics. It's going to be a really good one. So on the show, I have the famous, you guys, she is so famous. She has over two million followers on TikTok. That is right. Two million followers. If you are on TikTok, I know you've seen her. Her name is Tiffany, aka Hunt for a Keeper. She is a viral superstar, and I love how she's using her massive platform on TikTok to raise awareness about animals and she's all about education and all about doing these fun videos and I yeah I had such a fun time talking to Tiffany she's been working in the industry for over a decade and she works with all different types of animals primarily small cats but she actually has a lot of experience working with big cats including lions tigers leopards jaguars you guys the list goes on. We also talk about what it's like being on social media. For any of you out there who are, you know, maybe you're trying to build your page, maybe your personal brand, this is a podcast to listen to. She gives you some great insight on how she literally grew her her TikTok to, you know, zero followers to two million people. I learned so much. We talk a lot about that. We also talk about some controversial things, including Carol Baskin. We talk about Tiger King. We talk about hunting. And this is interesting because Tiffany, and she's proud of it, is a zookeeper, but she's also a hunter. And I found this interesting. We talk about it. We, uh, you know, I really learned a lot. It's a very good sound discussion. Now, I have a warning for you. This is a PG-13 podcast, maybe not exactly for young ears. I think I said a swear word, to be completely honest. So I was like, oh crap, I better put a PG-13. So just FYI, we also, there is some drug reference. This sounds awful. I feel like I'm doing a promo for a Seth Rogen movie. But seriously, PG-13, it's not too bad, but I just want to warn you before you dive into this episode, maybe if you are listening with kid. But I promise you guys, it's really not that bad. It's nothing they haven't heard out in the playground. Okay, with that said, uh, and also this episode is for anybody, uh, anyone new in the field, um, anyone who wants to pursue a career working with animals, or this episode is really for anyone who's in the field. Maybe you feel stuck. Maybe you hate your manager. Maybe you hate the management. Maybe you want to leave the zoo you're working at. Maybe you are crazy and you feel like no one understands you. This is the podcast for you. Tiffany is awesome. She's currently a manager at her facility, but she has seen both sides of this. So, oh, I just cannot rave about the insight. So before we get started, as always, please make sure to rate and review the show on iTunes. Please give us that, uh, that rating and review and share this podcast with friends, with family, anyone who loves animals, just by sharing this with your friends. And it's so easy, like wherever you listen to podcasts, just like when you're listening, there's a little arrow and you can literally share this, send it to a friend. That's the best way we're going to be able to grow the show. Also, if you aren't already, please make sure to follow me on my Instagram. 
Instagram at Corbin Maxi and my TikTok Corbin underscore Maxi and YouTube. And I'm sure you guys are already following Tiffany, but if you aren't, make sure to go follow her. Her um, handle is Hunt for a Keeper, and I will put all the information in the show notes. Also. I just have to plug our Patreon page, patreon.com slash animals to the max. It's a way for you to donate back to the show. We are currently ad free. This show for what, three, three years has been a complete labor of love. So anything helps. There's different tiers in our Patreon. So I'll put the links in the show notes, patreon.com slash animals to the max. Okay. With that said, let's get to it. Please welcome to the show hunt for a keeper. I am here with TikTok superstar Hunt <laughs> Hunt for a Keeper Tiffany. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I I by the way, can I tell the listeners we just signed on to Skype and your background was like in space. I loved it. <laughs> Yeah, Skype's trying to embarrass me for my first podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. I was like, wait, is that background like green screen? It was like <laughs> you inside of like a spaceship, right? Yep, yep, yep. It seems to do that for some reason. Why? I don't know. Oh my gosh, that is so funny. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Can you tell my listeners a little bit about you if maybe they haven't seen you on Instagram or TikTok? <laughs> well, my TikTok fame started recently, but I am, <laughs> it's been less than a year, so it's still a very new thing for me. But yes, I am very popular on TikTok under the Hunt for a Keeper handle, um, and obviously Instagram grew from that, but my background is a zookeeper, um, and right now I'm considered a conservation and PR director. Okay, very, very cool. Your That's so funny, your TikTok fame. I mean, my... <laughs> Well, that's how I found you. And it was so funny because when I wanted to reach out, I was like, I should get you on the show because I'd like your background. And it might be interesting to talk about, you know, maybe social media. And because I feel like a lot of keepers use social media to raise awareness. But it was funny because when I like found out your real name, it like freaked me out. I was like, oh, I guess I guess her name isn't Hunt for a Keeper. It's Tiffany. (laughs) I am a real person. (laughs) You are a real person. You do. Yeah. Anyway, you do have a name. So... Yeah, that's so interesting. So so with the TikTok fame, I mean, have you always been a fan of, you know, animals and, you know, raising awareness? Oh, yes, yes. So my, as far as social media, I was always a little scared of it, as I think anyone is, because especially in this field, a lot of things could be interpreted negatively. Um, and so a lot of people sometimes are scared to get into it. And I guess that's where I was And I was just doing it on my own personal Facebook page. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try something. (laughs) And the second video I ever posted went viral. What? I'm like, oh, wow. Okay. I think I'm good at this. (laughs) Wait, wait, wait. wait. Okay. So it went viral. So what video was it and how many, like, what what was Um, viral considered to you? You know what? It was just a really funny video. It was this song that just said cats over and over that says like I'm thinking about cats and then it says cats 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 and so what I was doing is as I was feeding all the cats at the center every time I gave them a piece of meat it would say cats and it just blew up <laughs> like, of all the videos that could blow up <laughs> but and that's what started it for me I'm like this is something I could use for good and educate but also be funny and really get people engaged. And it just took off. It literally took off. 
Um, so that's where I am now. <laughs> oh my God. So how many views did that video get? Oh gosh. I don't million, two million, three million, oh something. My. Yeah, it was crazy. I remember laying in bed and I got like 10 followers. And mind you, this was like when I just started TikTok and 10 followers was big. I'm like, wow, I got 10 <laughs> followers. And then I just like shut off my phone and I turn it back on and I have 99 plus notifications. And I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, what's going on? So I clicked on it and I see all these new followers. I'm like, okay. And I literally am looking at the notification and it keeps going from one to 99, one to 99. Like it was just overloading my phone. <laughs> but the next viral video, obviously, that I'm kind of known for on TikTok was my good morning videos of me just going around the center and saying good morning to all the animals. And that was like, oh gosh, millions and millions of views. And it got, I think, 2 million likes. And I'm like, what? what? 2 million people are liking my video. So yeah, it really took off and I'm super excited. And I've had so many wonderful opportunities like this. Um, come my way ever since then. So yeah. Yeah, I've uh, so I'm on. So when did you get on TikTok? Out of curiosity. Oh, uh, I think probably a year ago today. And a year I, ago I don't today. think I posted. Yeah, I don't think I posted my first video. I think I was just on it, scrolling as we all usually get into TikTok. Is just scrolling through videos for sure. endless hours. But I don't know the exact first video I posted, but. I know I at least downloaded it like a year ago today. Yeah. Wow. So I was, so I started a few months ago and mm -hmm. maybe like several and I'm with you. I feel like the algorithms are just, they, I mean, they are so much yeah. better than any other platform. Oh yes. Yes. It's, it's a lot. And I was looking it up when I first went viral to go viral on TikTok is very easy as compared to like Facebook or YouTube or whatever. So but yeah, I'm looking it up now because I'm really curious. Yeah. Yeah, October 8th was my first video, my first official October video. October so. 8th. Well, I should look. How do you look? I, I need to look back at mine too because, yeah, mine, mine was a <laughs> – Mine was just, mine was a few months ago. And I remember mm -hmm. I was so scared to get on another social media platform. And my wife's like, yeah. you need to do it, honey. And I was like, oh, I don't want to. I put, I put my heart in freaking soul into Instagram and like yeah. everything. And the algorithms just suck. They just, <laughs> yes. they, they suck. Yep. They, they mm -hmm. completely suck. And I feel like the only way to grow is either a miracle or if, you know, and there's a lot of people, I hate to call them out, but who buy their followers. Yeah. And yep, exactly. Yeah. And I, I just tried so hard. And then TikTok, once again, I had, I, I went, I've been viral twice on TikTok, not like, you know, anywhere near your, well, I don't know. One of my videos hit 15 million. Um, that's huge. That's, that's huge. huge. So, but, yeah. I, but I was like you, I was laying in bed and I had gotten <laughs> 10 new followers and I was like, this is fun. Who is this? And I was like, I'll follow one back. My wife's like, don't follow the map back, honey. It just looks so desperate. Don't do that. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I'm like, and then, and then I, then I got the 99 dude, just like you. It yep. is insane. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, yeah. wait, what? And then it just takes off. But yeah, the algorithms are so much better. I like TikTok. Oh so yes. Much. Yeah, I mean Instagram is a whole nother base. I haven't even I haven't even began to reach my potential on Instagram because first of all, I'm really busy. And I feel like TikTok is great because it's like fifteen or sixty seconds out of your day and that's it. 
You yep. post that video, you're done. <laughs> yep. Instagram, you have to think about the caption and the hashtags and all this other stuff and when to post. And it's just, I know. it's a lot. <laughs> it's so much. I was like, yes. what did we do before then? What did we do right. before social media? Like, honestly, what did we well, do? I, I That's the thing. And that's what's, it's crazy to me to think, because I'm like, how could I have told my story before all this? Like, I mean, I'm still a Facebook girl. True. <laughs> it's just my generation. I'm a Facebook girl still. I don't have a Twitter. I don't know how to work that. But I mean, TikTok was just very easy. And I think that's why it's been a completely different ball game than all the other platforms, because you could have, you know, someone who's 12 years old go on it and just go through videos and like them. It's easy. And you know, it's safe. It's okay. Right on Instagram, you have to do your profile and all this stuff and pictures. And it's yes. just it's just easy and it's fun. And that's why it's the greatest app ever right now. <laughs> I know. And I hate that how you have to, yeah, think about like with Instagram, it's like, okay, does this look good for your, for, 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 for like the nine images? Does, how does the, how does the color scheme and then what hashtags exactly. and then what, what one should you post? And then is this, and then the cat, it's just like, and then you have to be interactive on the comments, the algorithm. It is like so much. And TikTok for me too, I'll just post a quick video, zip, zip. And then it's just like, bam, it's done. Yep. It's done. done. And you'll probably get views no matter what happens, even if it's one or two, someone's watching your stuff. <laughs> so did you, were you like about to cry when the news came out that Donald Trump wants to ban TikTok? Were you like, <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> you know what? It, I, it did definitely make me upset because I feel like, I mean, I'm in, I have 2 million, over 2 million followers right now. And I'm just like, that would stink to lose all of those people that I've connected with. And I've connected with people on, I think a deeper level than I ever have in my career, just being on this app. I've had people message me that, you know, I've taken them out of their darkest days, just watching my videos. And it's oh. just the messages that I get are so inspirational. And I would have hate to lose that. I think I would have moved probably to another app and done pretty much the same thing that I'm doing. It's just a little bit harder in order to do that. But I think just those connections with that many people and hearing those stories and seeing those comments, I would have been really upset to lose all that. <laughs> really? I had yeah. to, I had to, uh, I, it's great that you still look through your comments. I'll scroll through oh, yeah. TikTok, but sometimes mm -hmm. I'm like, I had, I had like, have you had a troll? I'm sure you've had a troll. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I actually posted a video about it. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> what did you do? I had, it was like, um, clearly someone overseas just made hundreds of girl accounts, girl accounts of these really attractive women. And they just went through my profile one day and were just posting cute and awesome and love on everyone's comments and just spamming everything. And so I had to go through and individually block all these gr girls. And uh, I made a video about it because it was really funny because their profiles were just hilarious in their descriptions. They're like looking for a fine man and like all this stuff. And I've just, I mean, that those are fake trolls. But as far as like legit the people who have you know no time on their hands or all the time in their hands i guess yeah and go on my profile i don't get many of those surprisingly i mean i've been called carol baskin 50 times but, like, <laughs> <that's>, that, <laughs> i ex 
expect that right now. It's just a fad. I think that'll go away. But, like, <gasps> oh my god! I have been called Carol Baskins too many times at this point. Oh my god! <laughs> Halloween, Tiffany. Halloween. You have to. Uh, be you know, Carol Baskin. I know, and it's funny because my work. Um, we used to hold a Renaissance fair, and so we have so many of those flower oh crowns. And I'm like, I already have blonde hair. I could just literally put a flower crown. Uh, crown on and put a leopard shirt on and I'd be done. Oh my God. That's so (laughs) funny. I did a, I did a, a, like a funny Carol Baskin parody on TikTok, but I was too scared to post it. I just can't. Like I'm so terrified. That's what I mean. So, and I have a friend, I won't name him, but he is with, um, uh, they're going to know that some big network, some big Mm -hmm. animal network. So you can put that out there, but we were going to discuss certain things and it was just like, I'm not going to, they don't want to touch Carol Baskin. They're like, we're good. No, 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 we're good. We're not going after her. I don't want to talk about her. I, so I was so nervous. I was going to post this video. I'm like, I don't know if I should do it. I don't want Carol after I think we've all, I think everyone in the animal field has contemplated doing something with it, but we're all scared. (laughs) We're all scared. But what if this could be my biggest video? You know what I'm going to do? You think so? I'm gonna I'm gonna send it. Well, I'll, I'll show you it, and then I'll like after we're done recording, and then I'll see, I'll yeah. let you know what you think. Anyway, but I was I was so scared because everyone's afraid to kind of to like mm-hmm. touch that. What are your thoughts on that whole Tiger King? And, oh, jeez. <laughs> um, I don't know how to put this in a way that I I guess the whole I think it was very enlightening to a lot of people who don't know the field um, in a negative way. And I saw it as very informative, but I also see it as something that could potentially harm our because people are just going to assume every zoo is like that. And it's completely not. And I think a lot of people got that, but there are some people you know, who have an agenda, an animal rights agenda or whatever, and they're going to use this and just launch it as something that could potentially be harmful for really good institutions out there. Um, I do think, though, it was great in the same way because people who are watching it, I think, actually understood now what to look for when they go to certain places about what's not right and, you know what I mean, what is right. And what animals should look like, what enclosures should look like, that kind of thing. But yeah, as far as Carol Baskin, I'm not going to touch that one. <laughs> <laughs> she's on Dancing with the Stars now, so she's got a whole new fame coming for her. But what? I think is she like yeah, she's, donate it the premieres pro- tonight. It premieres tonight. Oh yeah. my god! She's on Dancing with the Stars. Why? I guess you'll do anything for ratings. <laughs> what do you? Oh, I, I, I've never watched that show, and I probably. Neither have I. <laughs> but honestly, I cannot wait. I'll, I'll, I'll look at a clip on social media because you know it's yeah. gonna be the buzz. They're gonna be. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. What is her yeah. excuse been? Has she said like I'm gonna donate the proceeds to the animals? Has that been her, her? Uh, you know what? She yeah, she's a very good marketer i'm just gonna say be careful she, she's listening I know, right? <laughs> oh gosh you're gonna see me on the news later that i died in my home <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding yeah no she's she knows what to market and she knows how to uh attract the bleeding hearts that's all i'm gonna say 
Yeah, I, uh, this is so fascinating. Whoever, I mean, good kudos to ABC for scoring that booking. That's just, I mean. She's doing everything right now to clear her name and make it seem like she's a celebrity. I think that's her, her motive right now, because I think after Tiger King came out, I mean, she even posted a bunch of articles that she was very surprised how she was perceived, which she didn't know that was going to happen is beyond me. But um, she's been doing a lot to try to perceive herself in a different way after that came out. So, you know, I that was man, I'll tell you what, that was probably the most entertaining thing during quarantine because that came out right when all of us <laughs> yeah. were stuck oh, gosh. at it home. It came out at the best time. Yes. Yeah, and it's a small world. So I know people but and it's so funny, everyone's scared to talk about it. So <laughs> I know people who were like, hey, don't hey, don't say anything. Don't say anything socially. But I knew Carol and she was this amazing person and she did this and she was great and she was great with the cats. And I honestly had other people DM me and be like, hey, <laughs> don't say anything. But I I know Carol and she's batshit crazy. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, that's really what it is. You either have her diehard supporters yep. who even if I think evidence came out that she actually killed her husband, they would still support her. And then you have the people who are like, she's crazy. Stay away from her. We think she killed her husband. <laughs> yeah, I... It's, I, I don't think there's anyone in the middle. I really don't. We had someone here because I'm in Idaho and in, in like my tiny town. And we had someone on the side with a poster that said, honk, if you think Carol killed her husband. <laughs> like, what? Oh, gosh. I mean, like I said, she's she knows what she's doing. And she's definitely been marketing off of all the the press she's gotten and everything. So she's a, she's a smart cookie when it comes to that. I don't. She wouldn't have took this Dancing with the star- Stars gig if she didn't uh, know what she was doing. So. Do you think she'll get <laughs> kicked off early or do you think she'll make it through? Do you think she'll... I, have no- I don't even know how the show works. Ne- do people do the Neither do I. <laughs> Neither yeah. do I. I was hoping that you would give me some insight. Don't... I'm assuming there's judges. Dancing with the Stars. <laughs> if you are a fan of Dancing with the Stars, please send us a DM. No, I was going to say, I think voters, right? I'm voting. That's like, yeah. Yeah, maybe. I think, yeah, I think they probably vote. I think it's probably like American Idol or something like that where everyone votes. Yeah, she has legions of fans. I guarantee you that she'll be on a lot longer than people think. (laughs) Or she'll be eliminated right off the bat and I'll be very surprised, but we'll see. I doubt it. I bet the producers wouldn't (laughs) let that happen. It's too good for ratings. Oh, yeah. It's too good. I mean, and I think Nelly's going to be on it too. Yeah. (laughs) I I just, I don't know. It's... That's TV for you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so let's talk about your facility and actually animals. Because I and by the way, I know this podcast is about animals, but um, <laughs> yeah, let's talk about your facility. Where do you work? I mean, how long have you been working with cats? Okay. Oh well, so I've been working with cats for probably about ten years now. Ten years. Okay. Um. Yep. So I graduated from college in 2011 with my conservation and wildlife management degree. Um, and before, when I was in college, that was when I was just, I already knew what I wanted to do. I was just pinpointing it at that point. Um, so I worked at, uh, a facility, um, close to home and Mm. 
I got an internship right off the bat with their large caps. And like right then and there, I'm like sold. <laughs> this is what I want to do. Um, I always knew I wanted to work with carnivores. I just didn't know what specific one. Um, and I just knew right off the bat that large carnivores, cats were my thing. Um, bears too, but I haven't worked with bears in a little bit. But um, yeah, so I've worked with them for over 10 years now, at least large cats. Um, now I work with smaller ones, so it has been a little bit of an adjustment for me. Um, and I've been at the current wildlife facility that I'm at for around two years now. Um, I think I'm hitting my two year anniversary coming up. Wow. Are, um, you, are you allowed to mention that or you don't want to, or do you have a secret alias? <laughs> I don't want to mention it. That's Sorry. fine. No, no, that's <laughs> completely fine. Is it? Yeah. It, to protect your anonymity or whatever. Yes. Go yeah. On. Yeah. I just don't want people if they see my videos to interpret it wrong and then come at me. But. Yeah, no. And you know what? That's completely fine. And you have to be careful of like that for social media. Yeah. Like you really have to. So I completely yeah. respect that. I don't want you, God, if you got canned because of this interview, I would feel awful. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to get canned. I'm the PR director. I oh, <laughs> so you... <laughs> I wrote the policy. <laughs> Okay, so you're not, no one's no, firing I just, you. I don't want people to, if I say something, to have me represent that facility. That I want it to sense. just be my own. Words, that makes sense. You know what Perfect. I mean? Yeah, you have um, to be. You have to be safe. And I feel like a lot of people who work with animals on social media, that's how they have to do it. You'll never usually see where they work, but they have to yes. be very careful about that. Yeah, oh, yeah, I'm very prideful where I work. I just don't want to mention it. Yeah, where are you? Are you at? The, you're not at Joe Exotic Zoo, are you? I'm trying to figure out where are you. I think people would realize that really quickly if I was. They'd be like, "I saw that on Netflix." <laughs> um, but yeah, so I've worked at my current facility for around two years now. Okay. Uh, and it was a great jump because at my previous facility, I worked at Erie Zoo beforehand okay. um, with their large carnivores there. I was the lead keeper and the enrichment coordinator. And I found this love for management roles. Um, and in this field, you'll see a lot that you have, I mean, in any job, really, you have, you know, management that you don't necessarily like and management that you love. And um, I went through a couple of experiences that, um, I felt like I could change if I got into the management field or at least vouch for the keepers and the animals themselves. Um, and so I got really interested in that type of role. And so I got offered this management position and I took it. I'm like, yes, because I want to launch myself into another kind of aspect of zookeeping. I want to get into that management essentially tier of zookeeping because I see there's a lot of holes within it and I want to advocate for all the keepers. So Yeah, so are you – that's interesting. And I feel like a lot of people, though, in this field are scared to get into management because it mm -hmm. takes them away from the animals. Yes. Yes. So this role was absolutely perfect in that, and I'm still with the animals. So it's a very small facility. Um, so I do management things, but I still take care of the mammals. So mm -hmm. – and I, I, you know, fiddle a little with the birds and stuff, mm -hmm. but – we have someone who does that the majority of the time. So I don't have to work with the birds too much. But yeah, I it was the perfect role to kind of get into it. Um, being the enrichment coordinator at Erie Zoo, I was, I guess, in a management, not a management position, but more so of like a 
I don't know, supervisor position, I guess you would call Mm -hmm. it, because I supervised the entire enrichment program, and I was holding committee meetings and everything like that, and I'm just like, you know, like I said, that one experience that I had um, just really opened my eyes to, you know, the issues in the field, um, and I wanted to help essentially fix that at least where I was at. Um, so yeah, I launched myself into management and like you said, a lot of keepers don't do it because they're afraid to leave the animals, which I a hundred percent get because once you do get into that management, sometimes you don't see the animals. Um, but I kind of view it as something like if I'm helping the keepers, I'm also helping the animals. (laughs) Yeah. I love that because there are, and you know what, this is something we rarely touch on in the podcast, but I'm happy we are because we have a lot of people who listen to the show who are aspiring keepers or people in the field. And some people are fed up with their management and they leave facilities because of their management. It happens more often than not. Would you not agree? Oh yes. It's a, it's a sad trend in the industry. That's what I call it. It's a sad trend. You have, I mean, it's a tricky industry though at the same time because you have, you know, your upper management, like your president and HR and all that stuff. They are not animal people. They are business people. And so you can't be too hard on them because they aren't animal people, but they also are running a zoo. So they have to understand it. They should be required Um, to take a course. I, yes. 100%, right? Yes, and then a lot of times, though, you also have animal keepers that move up into management management positions, and they stink at it because they didn't go to school for management. They went to school to take care of animals, and they aren't required necessarily to take management positions because they've just moved up over the years. And so you have kind of two people that just, you just need to fill the gaps. One needs to learn about the other kind of thing. And so... That's where you see a lot of people leaving because you have someone who is technically your boss who really has no clue what you do. (laughs) Yeah. You know, it's they're running it as a business and you're running it as a conservation, you know, center or you're you're taking care of your animals or what would it be. So it's, yeah, it gets tricky. And unfortunately, I've seen it a ton. And I saw it a ton as I was going through, you know, all the experiences that I did. Um, of a lot of good, good keepers leaving. And keepers put their entire life, and I say they literally put their entire life into their animals and their job, and when something goes wrong, it, it ruins it. We don't. We oftentimes don't find it in, an identity outside of our job, so it's very hard. And that's why compassion fatigue is the number one thing that's going on right now. Um, and so... I'm, I'm seeing all these cases of compassion fatigue and people leaving and institutions, you know, animal care, I don't want to say is falling, but you know what I mean? The keepers want more and more for their animals and their institutions just aren't understanding that. So I just, I got fed up with it. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to change it. <laughs> That's good. And yeah. I have to say zookeeping, I mean, they are some of the hardest working individuals and there is no days off. Yes, you maybe get two days off, but you're always thinking about the animals. You're still receiving emails. You're always concerned if, you know, if you have an animal that's sick or animal that passes, you take that personally. You're always dealing with the public. You're overworked. You aren't paid very much. I mean, very zoos. I mean, there are a few exceptions and there are some zoos who they pay you decent, but there are a lot of zoos where you can make more money working as a Subway sandwich artist. Yep. And that's, 
you know, it's crazy that we even need a group, but there is a group on Facebook of keepers who leave the field to go for something completely different. And it's a yeah. support group. Really? You know, and it's, I'm not, yeah, I, I'm not, group. I have not been invited to that one yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll invite you. Thank um, you. But yeah, it's, you know, and that's crazy because you have a lot of people just not even in zookeeping who leave their careers and it's not an end all for them. They're just like, all right, I'm going to another desk job, like whatever. But with zookeeping, when you leave zookeeping, like I said, a lot of people identify themselves as a zookeeper. And the minute they leave that, they just don't know what their purpose is anymore. And that's really, really sad. Um, and so, yeah, there's this group, like I said, that it's a, it's a support group. And so... Mm-hmm. You know, again, passions run really, really, really high in this field, and I just think the keepers need to be taken care of. Um, And I'm not saying, like you said, there's great institutions out there. There's more good institutions than bad. Oh, sure. And, you know, even some of those bad institutions are just going through a switch in management, and, you know, they're figuring things out. But I at least wanted to come from a keeper perspective into management, and I was willing to take all those management courses and you know, have people do reviews on me to see oh. if I'm a bad manager or oh, not. God. <laughs> and I How mean, did that I, go? I have really good feedback. <laughs> have you really? <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I I give them a lot to my interns that I I oh. manage. I and interns too are pretty ruthless because they know they're leaving after three months and they probably will never see you again unless they want a job at my facility. But like they're ruthless. And I got some really good feedback. And I'm like, wow. And I wouldn't even make them put their name on it. So, like, they, they had no trace, right, of who was actually, you know, reviewing me. Oh. And uh, I would get really in-depth with them. And I would even sit them down at the end of their internship. And I'd be like, all right, what did you not like about me? <laughs> so, <laughs> what? Oh, my. You know, good for you. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah, I like I said, it's. The role that I'm in now is kind of another stepping stone to get into that. Like I said, it's a very small facility, so it's not like I'm managing a bunch of people, mm-hmm. but I'm pushing myself into that role and seeing what I could essentially improve on. So yeah. I think we need more people like you. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. I, maybe I should talk to a former employee, though. <laughs> they could be like, she was awful. <laughs> We knew she was TikTok famous, so we didn't give her a bad review. No, I just, <laughs> you know, I, yeah. And yeah, so that's essentially how I gauge my career is essentially on people giving me feedback. So, and I think that's something that anyone should do at any point in their life. <laughs> yeah, that's a grown up thing to do. Absolutely. Ask for <laughs> Yeah, I like to think I'm a grown up sometimes. I know, but... me too. No, I no, I get it. And sometimes it hurts. I struggle with it a lot. I'm in the entertainment industry, so you can imagine the feedback I get and it's Oh gosh, yes. When you're young and you know, you hear some things, you're like, Oh man, it can definitely take a toll but I, I think it is important to accept criticism and you know, you, you can learn from that. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep, and that's what I ask in every intern or volunteer staff member, whoever that comes in with you know, and I'm interviewing them, I always ask how they are with criticism. I want to oh. know because, you know, if they say, oh, I'm getting really sensitive when you criticize me, then I'm going to word it differently, right? Yeah. I'm not going to be so much, no, I'm not going to be as cutthroat. But, you know, I want people to know that criticism isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's to help them improve. I don't want to tear them down. I want to bring them up. So, yeah. But, yeah. but so, would yeah, you... entertainment is 
Oh, 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 entertainment. Oh, yeah. Inter- oh, my God. I wouldn't wish it on anyone. I mean, honestly. You need some thick skin for that. <laughs> you need you need thick skin. And I'm and I'm so fortunate. I'm blessed. And I'm the one that puts myself out there. And I have to remind myself that. But it is. I mean, it's, you know, I, yeah. Yeah. You just, you need thick skin. Yeah. You need thick skin. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that most of my TikTok followers don't want to see me. Oh, that's <laughs> Because, like, I'll post a video with just me and no animals, and it'll be, like, 20,000 views, right? And then I'll, like, post a picture or a video of a porcupine eating a sweet potato, and it's, like, a million views! Yep. I'm like, what the heck? Yep. Oh, my God. We do so... I ev- see how it is. That's so funny, because every, uh, so every Thursday night, uh, since the corona, I've done a late-night show called Animal Nights Live. So it I air it live on three different devices at 8 p.m. Mountain <laughs> Time. So it's on TikTok, which I, uh-huh. I was so scared to go live on TikTok for the first time, because it was like, who's out there? Uh, TikTok facebook and instagram but yeah because i i do an intro and i do animal news and so many people are like get to the animals who the (laughs) (laughs) you know that's really funny because i went live on tiktok and it was at my house because obviously i don't live at the center in the animal cages but um and everyone's just like where's the animals where's the animals and i'm like i'm at home i don't live with the animals i do go home at night and sleep in a bed um, and then I like showed my cat and they're like, yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I haven't gone live in a while. Cause I know that's not what the people want. <laughs> yeah. That's not what the, <laughs> well, I got, yeah, I, I've been banned a few times going live. Really? Well, I had someone from, um, someone from Turkey and they were like, are you for Turkey? And I'm like, I, sure i'm for turkey and they're like yay you're for turkey well i didn't realize there's like some serious wars going on over there so like it was like some like and i got banned because i was doing dangerous behavior for that oh my goodness yes yeah tiktok is actually that's the one good thing oh i don't not a good thing but tiktok like is almost overzealous they when are. it comes to that stuff, which is great though for the young kids who are on the app. Yeah. But at the same time, when you're like trying to put something good out there, and I like feed an animal a rat, and they're like banned for animal oh, abuse. I'm like, yeah. well, this is you know something the animal eats. <laughs> it's <Yeah>. not alive. <laughs> yeah, that. But, yeah, let's talk about that uh, animal activists because. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who are for zoos, but there's a lot of people who are anti-zoo. And there are some people who could argue with you and say, you're showing all these these exotic cats and it's promoting these as pets and you should just go away. And um, and I don't think that, by the way, Tiffany. I, I, oh, I, I love your videos. But that's that's the kind of feedback that I've, I've received as well, being in front of the, the camera. So what do you say to people who are anti-zoo? You know what? I make sure every video I post, and it may be really kitschy, but I always post the hashtag not, not a, a pet. pet. I just saw I that. I do not it. I, yeah, I do that in a lot of my videos because in the beginning when I first started posting, I was very, very careful with the content that I put out. And so you'll see a lot of zoos don't like showing that there's a barrier between the people and the animal. They want the pictures to be no fencing. Yeah. They want it to be very naturalistic because that's what people want. But at the same time, when I did my videos, I wanted there to be the barrier. And I wanted people to see that there was a barrier between me and that animal because those are dangerous animals. You know, they all have their stories. They all have their personalities. And I just don't want to go in an enclosure and start playing with an animal and be like, 
servals are the best. And then, you know, people think that all servals, servals are great to have as pets because a lot of people do keep them, unfortunately, as pets. Um, so I'm very, very careful, I guess, when it comes to what I post. And I see a ton of comments, too, on my videos of people saying, why don't I pet the animals on camera? I get that comment every single day. Um, especially during my good morning videos because the animals are rubbing against the fence and everything like that. Yeah, and Uh, everyone's like, why are you petting them? And I just say every single time, safety. I have a phone in my hand, and I'm filming this animal, and if I'm looking at my phone and I put my hand anywhere near that enclosure, that animal could certainly hurt me, and I'm not paying attention 100%. If I had a tripod or something like that, you know, it'll be one Mm. thing. But, yeah, I just – it really – it's so important the content you put out and the backstory behind the content. So like a lot of the animals that we have at the center um, can't be released due to injuries because we do also rehab. Mm -hmm. Um, And so a lot of our birds of prey have a lot of really cool stories, not cool stories, but heartbreaking stories of why they're here and why they're in captivity. But I also make sure to talk about why animals are in captivity taking away that rehab aspect, like, you know, for breeding programs, for conservation, for education, because we do also do offsite education programs. Mm. And sometimes we get animals that are perfectly healthy and we use them for those programs to educate and, you know, inspire everyone that we're talking to. Uh Um, So when it comes to the animal rights activists, I just kill them with kindness. And I make sure that all of my videos are as informative as possible where they literally can't pick out something out of my video without looking like an idiot, you know what I mean, to say something negative about it. Um, so I, like I said, I, I maybe, and this is probably a, a higher estimate, have gotten five comments about people saying that, yeah, my animals shouldn't be in captivity and stuff like, not my animals, but the animals yeah, I sure, take sure, care sure. of shouldn't be in captivity. Um, because I think of the way I portray things. I either do it in a really cute, informative way Or I always just make sure to put, like, even if it's one line of just, like, hey, this is an opossum that eat, you know, 5,000 ticks a year. I love that fact. I love that fact. Oh, you just got me. Oh, I love (laughs) that fact. Oh, that's my (laughs) bad. I have no more. Just that one. (laughs) But, you know, I sometimes, I'll just, I'll be like, hey, this is Captain. He's eating. Ha, 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 ha. And I'll do something cute. But then I'll say, they're great because. And then I'll, you know, end the video. And that's, like I said. I always make sure to somehow make something educational out of it. Even if it's just a porcupine eating a sweet potato and I don't say anything educational, people are always asking questions in the comments that I could respond to. You know what I mean? I don't want to pump people full of education because then they're going to get bored. (laughs) But but you have to put some fun into it, right? But like people, I think when you don't say things, people ask more questions and I love that. And then I answer all of them. Oh, that's a good way to look at it. And I like how you provide value. And I've done tests on my TikTok and people love the videos just with quick one-liners, like snippets, like just very quick, like it doesn't take anything, just very even, like the the most simple facts, but people I feel like like that over... A standard, just like I mean, I I, I get, 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 I guess it depends. But for my animal content, people like those quick facts. You know what I mean? Yes, they love them. They absolutely. I mean, I do the random animal fact of the day in my own oh. bathroom here, like, <laughs> and people love that, right? Because it's a quick animal fact. Yep. They learn about it and they're like, "Wow, you're teaching me more than school." And I'm like, "Oh gosh, that's not good." <laughs> <laughs> that's not good. <laughs> 
but you know, it's, they love that and I'm happy to provide that. I also do, you know, have provided videos that are a little bit more informational, especially if I get a really, really good question in the comments, especially, you know, how TikTok does the reply thing now. So you can reply to them with a video. No, I didn't Um, know that. I've been, yeah. What? You can reply with a video now. Oh, that's going to scare, really? I could be like, thank you 4117, you know, okay, awesome. Oh my God, really? You can do that. I mean, it'll go up in your main feed, so. Oh, crap. I don't, I don't want to do, okay, I don't want to do. It will go up in your main feed, but people like you answering their questions, and then they, you see them engaging more with your, you know, your next TikToks and everything like that, but yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm nowhere near an editing person, I just do my 15 seconds, and if I need to do a transition, I'm like, it, it, like, it's, it's nothing, you know, crazy, but like I said, people... People love those quick little animal packs, and I'm happy to provide them. But, yeah, as far as animal rights, I just, like I said, I kill them with kindness. I make sure that there's nothing that I provide that they come at me for. And if they're mad that I'm showing an animal behind, you know, a cage front, I'm going to be like, would you rather have, you know, this animal out in the wild, you know, harming people or out in the wild not surviving because it has no clue how to kill anything or it can't because it can't see or whatever it is, right? And then they're like, oh, yeah, you are doing a good thing. So it's, yeah, but yeah, it's it's interesting. You mentioned a few minutes ago that zoos do. We do try to and and I, I actually do the same thing, like where I don't like showing barriers or cage. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's because I've worked with so many zoos and especially in media, um, you know, it's you just you don't show that it's so, yeah. you know, taboo. But I mean, but where did, I mean, how do people think the animals are being, I, yeah. I hate to say the word like contained, but I mean, yes. yeah, that is, well, I mean, that, seriously I mean, though. It is. I mean, and yeah, I a hundred percent agree with you. I think more so in pictures, I'm not going to show barriers, right? Yeah, I want to yeah, yeah. show the animal up yeah, close, sure. but when it comes to my TikTok videos, I like showing the barriers and I yeah. love seeing my followers comment to other people like, oh, they're keeping them in captivity. And then the, or why doesn't she pet them or something? And then one of my followers would be like, because it's dangerous, right? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, yeah, yes, that's what I'm trying to portray. So I'm trying to portray that they aren't pets and that you can't just, I mean, we do go in with the enclosures with all of our cats on a two person system, but uh-huh. I don't want to portray that you could just walk in with a lynx and be like, oh, let's cuddle. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100%. So is that, so you said you're mainly working now with smaller cats. So servals, yeah. lynx, who else are you working yeah. with on a daily uh, we basis? We have Joffs, Joffrey's cats. Joffrey's cat, yep. Yep, we have sand cats. Oh, have are, they, are they super aggressive? Sand cats? Yeah. They're like little Napoleons. That's how I like to describe them. Okay. They're just. What does that they... mean? <laughs> That's great, Tiffany. Napoleon complex. Like okay, small yeah. but mighty. Yeah, okay, okay, um, there you go. Okay, there you go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, they like I said, it I think it really depends on your relationship with them. The sand cats that we have specifically were actually rescued from Africa. So they oh. were wild at one point. Wow. Um and some of them, like we have two females and a male. The one female is curious. Mm-hmm. The male is curious, but they go through their, you know, their points where they just want to hiss at you and run away and hide. Um, I'm working on my relationship with them as I do with a lot of the cats at the center. But like I said, they, 
you either get either end of the, sp the spectrum. They either just sit there and stare at you or they're going to sit there and hiss at you. <laughs> That's not bad. You know, and you know what? I was thinking, I did a podcast, I think it was season one, and you would like this podcast about the black-footed cat. And I talked yeah. to the lady and said they are the most, they're like three pounds with the most ferocious yeah. cats. And she said if they were the size of leopards, we would be in trouble. And so I was like, are you sure? Yeah. She's like, oh yeah. So have you worked with black-footed cats? I have not. So when I, all the cats that I've worked with, I think the smallest one has probably been like the sand cat. Sure, sure. Um, or the joffs. Okay. Um, joffs are probably smaller. But uh, yeah, the joffs, they don't have really bad personalities that at least the ones that I've worked with. Mm -hmm. I can't talk for the entire species. But sand cats, all of the ones that I've worked with, and I've worked with them at multiple institutions, like I said, you either have the ones that just sit there and judge you or you have the ones that sit there and hiss at you. Either one. I've never had one run up to me and try and attack me. Sure. They're more so like a hiding animal. But other than that, yeah, they're they're an interesting species. And sure. people love them, though. People love them. Yeah. And sure, you've heard that about black-footed cats, right? Yes, I've okay. definitely heard that about them. Yeah, at all the conferences that I've been to, they have said that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay. Tell me about some of the bigger cats you worked with because I don't know why. And I feel like we – I always was drawn to want to become a keeper. My path kind of went a different way. I mean, I kind of take care of my own animals. I'm like my own personal zookeeper. But when That's I was young – I know, right? I don't – I'm my own boss. But – I, I really did. When I was younger, I really wanted to work with big cats. And I feel like there's some fascination with anyone getting into the field. I feel like you say you want to be a keeper and then you say which animals you want to work with. It's either marine mammals or big cats. Yep. that's And they're the two most competitive positions because of that. <laughs> it's very hard to work your way up to that. You have to be at the right place at the right time or work your butt off to even be considered for it. Um, I definitely worked my butt off <laughs> to okay. get there. Um, and I guess I was in there. I was a little bit of both. I worked my butt off and I, you know, was in the right place at the right time. Um, I worked with elephants and oh. rhinos first. Oh, wow. And anyone, any keeper, I give you props if you work with those animals because it's a lot of hard work. Um, is it because of like scooping up poop? Is that? I, yeah. And hay, I learned, I found out I was semi-allergic to hay. Oh like, my God. How <laughs> awful. Yeah. So it's, you know, those, any job taking care of any animal, no matter what size it is, is very hard. But I think physically it's very hard and demanding and everything like that. But um, yeah, I worked my butt off at the, it was at the Buffalo Zoo where I found my start. Okay. And um, I worked my butt off. And like I said, I interned in the specific position that I ended up getting later. Um, and I went over to Africa after I worked on that elephant team and worked with cats in Africa. And I kind of found my way. And that kind of just pushed me into the exact position that they were hiring for right when I came back from Africa. So, um, but yeah, as far as the big cats that I worked with, I worked with Amur tigers. I worked oh. with African lions. Um, I've worked with jaguars, armor oh. leopards, um, oh gosh, Canada lynx, if you consider that a big cat. Yeah. Um, and then now I work with the Eurasian lynx, servals, uh -huh. caracals, sand uh -huh. cats, jaws, so bobcats. Let's talk about the big, big cats. Like, what is yeah. it like taking care of a tiger or taking care of a lion? You know what? It's, you never get used to your job. I think you walk in every single day and you're like, whoa, I'm taking care of a lion right now. <laughs> um, 
And that's something I loved about it, that you were always appreciative walking into the job, but you always had to be on your toes, obviously, because they're one of the most dangerous animals that you could take care of in captivity. Um, unfortunately, you see a lot in the news. Those are where the highest keeper deaths come from, is from those big cats. Um, and so it's definitely a whole different ball game working with big cats because of that. You have to always be on your A game. Um, and you have to resist the urge that everyone wants to do is to touch them or whatever. You have to realize that for the safety of you and for the best interests in the cats, that's how you have to manage them as protective contact. Um, but yeah, the, like I said, the field is really, really competitive. And when I would always train, you know, people who are, you know, being my relief or whatever, I would always let them know no matter what you have going on in your life, the minute you clock in I want you to erase all of that and concentrate on your job at hand um so I think that is probably the craziest thing about working with them but you also get rewarded in so many ways you know the first time that I ever asked a lion to lay down and I posted about this on my Instagram was probably the most rewarding experience I ever had because you're asking a lion to lay down for a husbandry behavior and he lays down and you're like, whoa, oh, wow. <laughs> a lion just laid down because I told him to and I didn't go in there and physically push his butt down or anything. And, you know, they're just, they're very smart in their specific ways and it's really fun to enrich them. Um, especially because they destroy everything. So you spend all these hours, you know, putting together all these things and they destroy them. They, you're, you're like, it's amazing just seeing their power. Um, but yeah, it's, and also I am in the snow belt, uh, oh, of New York. So nice. we would get a ton of snow yeah, and yeah. it was, I remember going out in my exhibit one day and we had, I think four feet of snow in there and oh. I took my shovel and I was shoveling pathways for the tiger exhibit. And I remember I let them out and ran out in front to see if they were going to use my pathways. And we had a big male tiger who just went through the snow like it was nothing. And I'm like, I spent all that time doing those <laughs> pathways for you. But I'm like, why didn't I, like, think about this? This yeah. is what they're used to. This is what yeah. they love. And, like, just to see the power of him walking through that snow was just amazing. Absolutely amazing. That's all. I, that's what I got to say about taking care of big cats. It's absolutely amazing. It's very rewarding, but it's also very challenging as far as being safe all the time, and that you have to separate everything the minute you clock in that day. Yeah, and there's something about I'm a huge like behind the scenes person, so I love going behind yeah. the scenes and like seeing the dens. I don't know why I've always been mm -hmm. fascinated with how things work. There's a it's exhilarating when you go behind the scenes in a den and you see there's a difference like between mm -hmm. like what the zoo visitor sees and you go back to where they are and there's you hear a roar or you see them come oh, in yes. and it's like it's it, it it's a little unnerving. I mean honestly, I don't think I ever get used to it. I don't know and it sounds no, like you never did never. either. Never. Absolutely never. Like, I mean, we I used to take care of a leopard uh that oh. loved no matter, I, anytime you turn his back, now that I'm saying I was in the enclosure turning my back to him, but like yeah. if I was just cleaning or whatever, sure. it was his thing to just like pounce on the mesh behind you. Oh my and God. every single time, I mean, any big cat keeper will tell you no noise will ever become a commonality <sighs> for us because we're my always going to react to a noise. 
for our safety. Oh, it's terrifying. Uh, you would do it all the time, and it would scare the crap out of me. And every time I'm like, wow, they're so incredibly powerful. This is amazing, right? And I would appreciate that. But with tiger roars or lion roars, when, like, if you had a pride behind the scenes in their holding areas, and oh. they all go, and it's just echoing off the walls, it's so surreal. It's yeah. so surreal. And sometimes I would just sit there and just stop what I was doing and listen. And like the vibrations go through your body. And it's the coolest thing ever. Um, I mean, the coolest experience other than that was when I was actually in Africa. So yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. It's like being in Africa. And that's awesome. Yeah. How were, what was it like taking care of jaguars and, uh, and leopards? Which was more, um, which was more aggressive, or a little more testy? Leopards for sure. Leopards are kind of like Amur leopards I have worked with. Amur, okay. uh, they are very hissy. Um, I had a female come in. She was transferred to my facility on a breeding loan. Uh -huh. And um, she didn't come out of her crate for days. Really? And I remember I had a little rolly chair. And I would just sit near her holding and read a book. And I would do that for a half hour each day. Um, uh -huh. just for her to get used to my voice and everything. And uh -huh. even after that, it took me days and days and days to develop that relationship with her where she was even comfortable eating anywhere in my vision. Um, wow. so Amr leopards are incredibly intelligent. They uh -huh. were my favorite ones to train and work with, okay. um, out of all the cat species. Okay. They were my favorite to train and work with. Um, but at the same time, I, at least the ones that I have personally worked with and I've worked with, I think four or five individuals, they're always the more like hissy animals, but that's how they communicate too. Yeah. So not necessarily an angry thing, but they were just more hissy. Jaguars, on the other hand, are like big doofy dogs. Really? Oh <laughs> yes. my God. I wouldn't have. Okay. I didn't know. Okay. Interesting. I, yeah. I Jaguars are just like. Bears to me are also big doofy dogs. They sure. just have the best personalities. That's what jag jaguars are like. The bears of the cat world to me, at least. Wow, they're just so doofy. <laughs> okay, so they're not okay. That I I just so fascinating. I would have thought opposite for some reason. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Jaguars. The one, at, like I said, I've only worked sure. with one individual sure. jaguar. So, yep. but at least from what I've talked to with other people, they're just big doofy animals. What they're about the greats. What about lions or and and like tigers? Is there do you prefer one or the over the other? Is one a little you have to be more on your guard? I mean, obviously you, you have know, to be on I your guard. I think I prefer more sex of species. So I prefer males. Oh, have you been sprayed? Uh, oh, oh gosh, yes. I've been sprayed by <laughs> males and females. It's the worst thing in the entire world. I think it's next to like llama or alpaca spit like right in your <laughs> face. It's yeah, yeah. that smell just it will ruin your day. Sure. Um but yeah, I think I am at least the animals or individuals that I've worked with, I have bonded more so with the males. I think the males have really great personalities. The females and lions, if you look at, you know, the wild, they're the bosses. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, they're yeah, the yeah. ones going out and hunting and everything like that. And I think that's how it is kind of correlates to in captivity. They're a little bit, I don't want to say testy, but they have more of a... A personality, we'll just say. Okay. <laughs> males, More I just think sassy? I think all males of all cat species are just deuce. Really? Okay. <laughs> like, give me some food. Tell okay. me what to do. I'll do it. <laughs> okay. Interesting. Okay, this is so fascinating. Is yeah. there? 
Okay. Have you ever had a chance to work with like snow leopards, cheetahs, yeah. any of the, okay. Yep. I've worked with snow leopards. I have not worked with cheetahs. Cheetahs, I think are a whole different ball game from at least what I've heard. You know what crushed um, me? I found out how they really aren't that intelligent and that made me want to cry. Like I've talked to <laughs> keepers and I heard that they were just like dumber than a box of rocks. And I was like, <laughs> no. And I've talked to so many of my friends and they're like, yeah, they're not that bright. And I'm like, what? you know what? I could see that. I could see that. Yeah, I think the animals that you work the closest with in a free contact situation probably have to, I don't want to say less intelligent. But yeah, yeah, snow leopards, I only worked for, I don't want to say hot second, I worked with them for like a year, but I was kind of the swing keeper in that area. So I didn't work with them on a day to day basis. Uh Um, They were just very chill, very chill cats. Yeah, they were really fun to enrich. Um, because they're just like bouncy balls yeah, they yeah, just yeah. bounce on walls and go everywhere. Um, but yeah, I think with them, they were just very laid back. I never really got, again, I only worked with two individuals, like crazy personality traits. If you're assigning human characteristics to them, but sure. like, I've never got like those personalities. I was like, Oh my gosh, um, this animal is crazy or this animal is really, you know, doofy. They were just more laid back. So what would so the most aggressive? I'm just curious. Like the who would most you aggressive. who who would you oh. be most terrified to be inside of an exhibit with? I mean, just a tiger based on its size. Yeah. Based on again, I hate assigning human characteristics, but based on personality, I think a leopard would be pretty terrifying. The worst. <laughs> I'm serious. It would be the worst. Yeah. I, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. That's a hard question. That's right? a very hard well, question. Well, I always ask my, my, my zookeeper friends who come on, I'll put them in this scary situation. I'll say, would you rather, or rate this as like the worst, right? So I say, would you rather, what would be worse and rate them, right? So being being in an enclosure with a chimpanzee, a gorilla, or an orangutan? Orang, hands down. Oh, oh I don't know. You know what? I don't know. Ooh, that's making me think now. So, you know, I think orangs just because they're smart. They're, inc- oh gosh, they're so intelligent. But so are all of them. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. So do you, do you want me to tell you what every keeper has said? And they don't know the other chimps. answers. They said chimps, number yeah. one, would be the most terrifying. Yeah. Uh, they said orangs, number two by mm-hmm. far, which shocked me because they just look so like dopey and they're always underneath their oh, cam. Yeah. They're always <laughs> underneath their canvas sacks and blankets and zoos and looking at you. They seem like really chill. And then they said gorillas yeah. would be the third. Yeah. I mean, I've never worked with chimps. I've worked with gorillas and I haven't worked with orangutans directly, but I've worked in a zoo with them. Sure. And I, because I was the enrichment coordinator, I was back there a lot and everything like that. Um, orangs spit on me all the time. <laughs> Um, which that is not the funnest thing, No, but they are just, I think what scares me the most about them isn't necessarily, you know, their power, their social structure or whatever. It's the fact that they're so incredibly intelligent. They're so intelligent. Um, yeah, I had a buddy who, yeah, I had a buddy yeah. you couldn't give their ring certain sticks cause they'd fashion yep. them into spears and yep. then they would, they would throw them and hit the lights in the keeper mm-hmm. area and spear out the oh. light. So they'd shatter over everybody. Yeah. Enrichment and. Enriching orangs is, it was the most challenging because they make everything into tools, everything. (laughs) And they watch you, you know, they watch you unlock a lock and they see exactly how you're doing that. And so when I was the enrichment coordinator, like, again, you were saying about the sticks, we couldn't give sticks more than six inches. And yeah, because they would, 
go up to the roof of the exhibit and take things off the roof that oh were there if like God. the construction guys were up there and had a nut or a bolt or something right yeah. and we always had to use they're called lock nuts on all of their enrichment so they couldn't unscrew them and then take the screws off and everything like they were just incredibly intelligent i think gorillas a silverback that would scare the crap out of me if one was ever coming my direction i think chimps are scary just for the sheer like because it's more than one all coming uh, at you probably at once but yeah and i'm a yeah, guy and they said they would know. tear off my 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 uh, genitals they said that'd be the first <laughs> thing they would do is tear off my genitals and my face i'm like what I else do i have <laughs> what I think if I worked with them, I would probably put them first also. But because I've only worked with, like, gorillas and orangs, I think I'm putting orangs first just because they're smart. And yes. I feel like they would take, like, a stick and stab me to death. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so okay, so back on to cats. Which would be the worst? Yeah. You said leopards would be the worst. Uh, I, I don't – I hate putting them as the worst. Um, hmm. You know what? I'm going to put a tiger up there. I'm going to put a tiger – A female tiger? Yes. I mean, male tigers are huge in just sheer power, but I think the females have the sass that they just want to go and kill you. <laughs> oh. um, yeah, I would, I guess I would put tigers up top, but yeah, I would put tigers up top. A I'm male... going with that. That's my final answer. Good. Male lion? No, you'd rather deal with the male lion. Like I said, all male lions that I've met are just so dupey. I just yeah. see them like, if I went in the exhibit, they'd be like, yo, what's up? Like, yeah. You know what? The females would come over and eat me. <laughs> so I worked, okay, I've worked at the animal trader and pardon, so all my young listeners, close your ears. Parents, close your ears. Are you guys ready? Close your ears. Okay. So this is, this is adult time after hours, but I talked, I was talking to some handlers because we were working with big cats on some, some late night shows. And the, the handler said, lions are so chill. They're just like the stoners of the cat world. And I was like, Really? interesting yeah. that's how you're kind of okay interesting that's how i view it at least i mean yeah. the females i they go back and forth right yep. but yep. like yeah males they're just like what's up oh, oh my god okay. <laughs> admire me i'm beautiful <laughs> yeah oh my gosh okay i can't believe yeah. we're almost at and well, we're at an hour tiffany i have a question really quick because i find this fascinating um kind of our last discussion but hunt for a keeper can you talk about the that that username for me Oh, yeah. A lot of people ask it. So um, it is controversial, but I am also a hunter. Yes. Yeah, I wanted um, to talk about this. Yes. Um, so I'm also a hunter and a lot of people have a very hard time understanding why I'm a hunter, but I'm also an animal keeper sure. um, because they don't understand hunting. Um, so the reason why I picked that username is because eventually I wanted to bring awareness to hunters and oh. why hunters are doing, you know, so much good for the environment. Cause I think people really focus in on the acts sure. more so than the outcome and why they're doing it. Um, so that's why I picked it, the hunt for a keeper, because they're hunting for a keeper, which is me. Yes. Um, and like I said, I wanted to bring awareness and I posted I would say my first video on TikTok that I, I don't want to say came out as a hunter, but I said <laughs> that I was a hunter and people were like, what? Wait, wait. Um, and that's what I wanted. What are you, wait, wanted wait. what are you, what are you hunting? Deer? Um, so I hunt deer and turkey. Deer and turkey. Okay. Yes. Um, so I do everything obviously under the guidelines of the state. I don't, you know, I always tell people hunting is an overhead term. 
Uh-huh. And then you have the bad people who are the poachers, and mm-hmm. then you have the good people who are the wildlife conservationists and managers. Um, and that is what the wildlife conservations are what 99 people percent of people fall under that uh-huh. hunter title. The poachers, obviously, we know what poachers do, and they're yeah. terrible, and yeah. we never want to be associated with them. Sure. Um, I personally do not hunt predators because I take care of predators and I have an emotional attachment to them. That doesn't mean people who hunt predators are a bad thing. Um, if they do it, obviously, all legally and everything like that. But um, I just yeah. think it's unethical. I don't know. I'm sorry. Hunting predators to me, I think, and I'm going to make a stance, I think it's disgusting. Oh, oh that people hunt like mountain lions and chase them in trees and treat them with dogs. And I think that's, I think that's disgusting to me. I don't think it's fair. I don't think that's, to me, that's not ethical. Yes. Yeah. Like I said, that I see a lot of people, you know, seeing that kind of stuff. And even just with deer, I see a lot of people being and I archery hunt. Um, yes. So that's another thing that a lot of people kind of come after me for is they're like, you're hunting with a bow that doesn't seem ethical, but I will never, ever, ever. And I will say this for the entire hunting community. We spend months and months and months and hundreds to thousands of dollars, mm-hmm. you know, managing these populations. We aren't just going to go out and wound a deer. We are, yeah. you yeah. know, we spend way too much time trying to do it the right way because we love animals just as much as you guys do. Uh-huh. Um, and the reason we're doing this is in order to manage populations. And I always tell people this, I said, would you rather a deer be shot with a bow or a gun and literally pass away within 60 seconds? And I mean, it's fast. Yeah. Or would you rather them be overpopulated and running into our roads and be hit by a car where they go off on the side of the road with a broken leg and eventually bleed out, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's, mm-hmm. you have to weigh those decisions in managing populations because the minute humans came into this world and put houses and roads and everything like that, we ruined the natural balance of animals. We ruined it. Yeah. You know, so hunters are here to bring that natural balance back. And is the method hard to understand? A hundred percent. Yes. And that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here to educate everyone and tell us, you know, tell them that hunters are actually the, the highest, I guess, donations as far as conservation, they contribute billions of dollars to conservation every year through hunting licenses, through, you know, taxes and, and just donating right off the bat because we love animals. So um, try to make me feel better about this because. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know what? I will tell you why I started because yeah. this is always makes people feel a little bit better because I'm going to say I was like you at one point, a hundred percent. Well, and hold, and hold and, on really, really quick, really quick, Tiffany, just so, yeah. just so you know, I am not against hunting, like, like deer hunting or yeah. turkey, like 100%. I eat meat. So like, I'm mm-hmm. okay. I, I just want to put that out there. So, okay, go ahead. Yes. <laughs> no, that's I, I mean, I don't. Whoever I'm talking to, if it's a vegan sure. or vegetarian, I sure. always say the same thing. Okay. Um, but, you know, I started because I saw that there was a need, at least in my state, that deer were being very, very overpopulated. Mm. Um, chronic wasting disease is something that, you know, runs rampant if populations go unchecked. And I actually, in my degree, 
was required to take a hunter safety course because mm -hmm. as part of the wildlife management degree, because hunting is a huge part of that, they wanted us to be in that hunter safety course to learn, you know, exactly what hunters are doing, sure. you know, out in the field. Um, and so I was introduced to it then. I can't say that I was like balls to the walls, like I'm going to go hunt now. Um, it took actually a couple of years into my career for me to actually want to be a part of it. Um, mm. And it was 100% because, like I said, I saw that my specific area was becoming very overrun and overpopulated with deer population. And okay. I saw more deer dead on the side of the road than I did out in my backyard. And that's an mm. issue. Um, and so I also was the enrichment coordinator at that time. And we had a pack of African wild dogs. Wow. And I really, really, and all of the keepers vouched for it, wanted to give them a carcass feeding because dogs, it's crucial for them to have the carcass feedings to kind of figure out their pack structure and everything like that. And in the zoological field, if you buy a carcass from a, you know, a USDA facility, they're expensive. It's usually like a goat or something like that. Uh -huh. um, and so... I just started hunting and I'm like, I have an idea. If I could harvest a deer sure. with my bow, so I know that, you know, the gun lead or anything yeah, like that's yeah. not, not lead, but, you know, the bow will turn in it, whatever. Um, can I bring it to the zoo and give these dogs the carcass feeding that they need to enrich their lives and bring out all of those natural instincts? And it was improved. And so that entire year, uh, it was my mission to harvest a deer to give to the wild dogs. And I accomplished that. Wow. And so ever since then, every deer that I harvest goes to the animals that I take care of. The entire carcass. It's a no-waste process. Wow. wow. Um, and that is what I live by, and that's what a lot of hunters live by, is that this carcass isn't just going and rotting in the woods. We're using it to feed ourselves. We're using it to donate to people in need. Um, and we use absolutely every part of the carcass, except, you know, the bladder. Sure. But, like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but that goes to right the out into vulture. the woods where other animals Yeah, right. So yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's a, it's a wildlife management technique that is very effective and like I said, hunters have donated billions and billions of dollars to conservation organizations, and they're the leading in that. Um, and so, like I said, I personally don't do predator hunting. I have nothing against predator hunting, but I hunt deer and turkey to control the population, to create that balance that we have essentially put out of whack because we inhibited this area and have overpopulated the entire earth. Um but yeah, so that's why I started hunting and I love that and I tell everyone that, that it's not just something as, and I hate saying it, killing an animal, it's harvesting an animal for the greater good of the population. Um, it controls disease and yeah. all of that fun stuff. Well, and there's people who could argue with you, but yet they, they eat store-bought meat and the, yes. the factory farms are just... Yep. That's that, that. That's like another topic. And I, I, you know, honestly, I still eat meat. We try to be, I guess, try to be responsible where it comes from. I mean, we yep. had like a, a cow and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, still we eat store-bought meat. And so I don't know. I mean, I get it. Like, I get it. Like, yeah. I, 
if I was a hunter, like a deer is so much more sustain sustainably like for the environment, this and that, than mm -hmm. eating a cow or going, you yeah. know, other than going to the store and getting a cow that lived in a factory farm or a feedlot that was pump full of stuff. And like I said, that's a yeah. different, that's a different it's topic. The most organic meat you could get is but right out. <laughs> I, I want you to ch help me change my mind though, because I live out in Idaho along the Snake River. My backyard is the river and the duck hunters bother me to no <laughs> end. And I want to like pull my hair out and I, okay. and I am trying to, that's the only negative thing about living here is getting woken up on a Saturday morning at like six in the morning with boom, boom, boom. I mean, it sounds like my house is on like exploding and I want to go out. <laughs> I've gone out before with my big boom box trying to play rap music. I wish I had fireworks to shoot back at them. I know that sounds awful. Don't do that. But in, <laughs> so what are like, make me feel better. And because, because hunting season ducks are coming back, it's going to happen yeah. in a few weeks. And I'm trying to prepare myself with, okay, Corbin. <laughs> so what do you have to say about that? All right. So duck hunting, I mean, yes, we duck hunters wake up very, very early. You know, that's dedication though. Um, so you could just tell they aren't just people going out in the middle yeah. of the day, whatever. Yeah. But so with duck hunting, they came up with something called the duck stamp. Okay. I don't know if you've heard about this at no. all. Um, but it's essentially how hunters help protect and restore the habitat for migratory waterfall and mm -hmm. birds and wildlife. Uh -huh. um, so this stamp is required to hunt waterfall. Okay. So they have to spend money on this. And... I think it's like for every dollar, 96 or 98, something around there, cents goes directly to preserving habitat for those birds. Okay. So I know it's very hard to think about, but they're controlling the population mm -hmm. through hunting, but they're also conserving their habitats. So their yeah. populations could then go down a healthy track. Yeah. <laughs> I don't I know just, if that makes you feel I think, better. I think it's the noise and it's startling, but I'll get you mad. Know, it is very startling. It is. It is. And I, and I feel like they're invading my home and I feel like I wish yeah. I could, I wish it has my dogs going off. I wish, <laughs> shut up. No, I'm kidding. So I wish like I could do it outside their home, but I have to remind myself like, okay, I live on the river. I'm a little more isolated than people. I have to realize that people have been hunting waterfowl for hundreds of years. Like this yeah. is not, I also have to realize like it is conservation. I understand they donate so much to protect their wetlands. And I also realize like, I also eat chicken. So like I could grill chicken being mad at the hunters, but it's like, you, does that make sense though? Like, so I am telling myself like, I think, are you just bothered by the noise? Is that what you're bothered by? I wonder if that's it. I, maybe it's that. <laughs> no, seriously. I mean, I'm bothered by people I, shooting off fireworks yes, that like, <laughs> I, you know what? Maybe you just hit, I think you just hit something. I feel like I'm at a therapy yeah. session. I think it's the noise. I think because seriously, because people, so in our backyard, we have French doors like yeah. in, in our bedroom and we'll have boat traffic and people who night fish. Yeah. No problem. Problem with it people will hunt the invasive uh, carp no problem mm -hmm. with it out here with a bow and arrow maybe it's the noise that bothers me so much yeah maybe it's the noise i mean do you shoot guns at all no i'm a good shot though when i do <laughs> <laughs> seriously you know what maybe i yeah i guess if 
because I live out in the middle of nowhere because I like my silence. I love my silence. So sure. I see where you're coming from. Sure. But at the same time, you kind of took that risk living where you live. Yeah, no. And that's what I'm trying to wrap my mind. I know. I get it. I just, yeah. Uh, I, I'll think you know, about so, you. Honestly, like don't do it when they're hunting, but like when they're packing up and leaving, it, you know, there's different people, obviously. If, is, is it a public waterway you're, you're saying? Yeah. So it's on the yeah. Snake River and people, they'll put up duck blinds right across yeah. the river, which I think is so freaking rude to do across towards because I live. We, no, I think it's rude because I, yeah. I can't because we have houses and stuff like like there's houses well, along yeah. the river. And I feel like the, the Snake River is a thousand miles long. I feel like why do you have to be right across from my home in a duck blind? But then I also realize that more houses are coming in and it's like, it's, I can, I can see, see that I'm not argument. familiar with the river. Is there like parts of the, or the river that don't have houses on them? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay. All but, right. Then but, yes, I see your annoyance. I see it. And, and so, and I'm right. I'm like going to tell people where I live, but I'm like a mile and a half, uh, maybe like two, three miles from like a, a, a boat launch. So I, from oh, traffic. Okay. So that's where i think yeah so that gets and, annoying to me and i think it's and i really would assume rude. too when they're shooting it like is echoing oh it sounds like the house is being blown up boo, boo, yeah. boo, boo. i mean and so there I'm is just... there is legality or not legalities there is laws that you cannot shoot within a certain amount of distance to houses <laughs> oh, damn i think my house is too far <laughs> so they probably are doing it under yeah you know legally but it's just i see how it's a nuisance but yeah, I, I don't know how to tell you to stop that because... <laughs> yeah, well, there's nothing you can do. I'm just trying... No, there's really nothing you could do other than... But like I said, there could be so many different hunters going to that spot that even if you talk to one group, that doesn't mean... You know what I mean? I that you're going to any... hit everyone that's there. I don't think And they're going where the hunting is the best. So unfortunately, I think in front of your house, it's probably the best. <laughs> it's the best. I like was thinking. Can I get... I was thinking, can I get my kayak, go across the river, get a shovel and dig the river deeper so they can't go out and wait during this time i'm serious i was no um i get it that's my only complaint you should put um a no hunting sign know. across the river no they would know that's crap <laughs> i don't know i am so sorry but i'm telling you right now hunters are usually very considerate but yes when it comes to like public areas yeah it's very uh very tough to uh I don't even know how to control that. Maybe I should have like a Ducks Unlimited guy come on and try to explain to me. I don't know. I just, I think it's the noise and I feel like it disrupts the whole river. And then like, yes. I, I don't know. But then when they're gone, life gets back to normal. So yes. yeah. So yeah. When duck hunting too, it's not just one person. It's usually oh, like God, multiple no. guys like boom, boom, boom. Oh, so. I know. Oh, you're getting me prepared for it. So that's. <laughs> That's my only complaint. Just invest in some earplugs or some nice music and I think just so. know that they're doing really great for the environment. Okay, I'm going to send you a video of it and you're going to be like, <laughs> oh crap. No, it's, you know what? It's not that bad. And I love living out here. I understand yeah. that I live on the Snake River. I live mm -hmm. where you know, people used to hunt and then, you know, and I, I'm going to come there now. And I'm you should, oh my God. To stay and hunt. Could <laughs> and you imagine a wave when you wake up, like you come out of your house in your pajamas yeah. screaming. I was like, like hey. ah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. You know, like I said, hunters are such an amazing group of people and they're, they're incredibly respectful and they're, we're all here for the same 
thing, right? We're all yeah. here to educate and conserve animals. So it's just, it's understanding it really. But yes, the noise of gunshots in the morning when you're trying to sleep. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get some earplugs. I'll try to focus on the conservation. Yeah. And, and I get yeah. it. Like I get that I live out in the country on the river. Like that's mm-hmm. my, that's my choice. I, I live here and I have a beautiful backyard and I'm so blessed and, that is, uh, anyway. Okay. Well, well, you only have to worry about it for the season. <laughs> I, you know, I was thinking, I think it's only like a few months out of the year and it's not, I don't know. It's not every day. It's just usually on those Saturdays or Sundays, but anyway. Well, maybe you should take up hunting and then you could be a part of the noise. Oh my God. If I took up hunting, could you imagine like on my side? So they if you're couldn't. a good shot. No. <laughs> if I'm going down. I'm good on the waterfowl hunting. I have a pet duck. I have a pet turkey, by oh. the way. His name's Thomas J. Turkey. Uh, anyway, oh. but um, listen, Tiffany, yeah. um, we're well past an hour and you've given me so, I, I had such a good time talking to you. I really, really did. Yes. And I will, like I said, I know I didn't really explain it too much today, but I will definitely get more in depth with hunting and you know, the ethics of it and everything like that to make everyone feel better. (laughs) Maybe we should do, you know what, why don't you, how about you come back on the show? Would you like to do that? And we'll just focus on that. I would love that. That would be amazing. Just to see like, you're like, oh crap again. (laughs) Really? You just got to put in earplugs. No, (laughs) I know. Right. That's it. Podcast done. I think there should be like a part two. I really would like to do that. Yeah, that would be awesome. I would love to do that. Because I think there are people who want to understand it more. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, really quick before we go, uh, any uh, last minute tips for anyone wanting to uh, pursue not hunting, but the field of <laughs> the field of the field of uh, zookeeping? Any tips for you? Yeah, you know what? I just you have to work your butt off in order to get to where you are and never lose your passion and never get complacent with where you are in your career. That's what I always say. Always look to keep educating yourself. Keep going to conferences. Never think you know everything because you never will know everything. Um, And that's kind of my advice. You know, even if you're in a lull, if, you know, because of COVID, a lot of people have been laid off or whatever, keep Mm -hmm. volunteering, keep interning, whatever you could do. Go back, you know, take a course online or something like that um, to not lose that passion and everything. And I, I mean, like, domestic species even work. Yeah. And I like how you said like feedback, like that's actually a good point. Mm-hmm. Like maybe if you're done with an internship, honestly be like, I would love feedback. Yes. Yes. I absolutely love my interns who ask me for feedback because then I know that they're in this to grow and that they're in this to succeed um, and move forward. So yeah. yes, always ask for feedback. It's sometimes scary, but don't worry. It'll be okay. Awesome. All right. And then uh, one last time, and I'll put the link in the show notes, but where can people find you on TikTok and Instagram? (laughs) So Hunt for a Keeper is the handle. So just search Hunt for a Keeper and I will come up on Instagram and TikTok, I'm sure. I want you to send me some merch. I know. You know what? I once I got like a million, I'm like, oh no, I need merch. <laughs> you need merch. Are you're doing merch, right? That's why I saw. That's yes. awesome. Yeah. Yep. I'm. Yeah. I just have because everyone has loved Khan the Caracal. Yeah. Um, I wanted to bring Caracal awareness. Oh, that's to awesome. the world. Um, yeah. so I put a Caracal on a shirt, and I'm donating some of the proceeds to my favorite Caracal conservation project called the Urban Caracal Project. I had so. about the podcast. Whoa! I the, didn't know that. See now awesome. you now you just had so much more appreciation for the show. Yes, I had on um, a Laurel. Her name's Laurel. 
Oh, uh, awesome. She, you have to check it out. It was season one by had the Urban Caracal, uh, pod, the gal who founded it and went to South Africa. That's amazing. Awesome. What a That's small what, yeah, they found them out during a field tech conference that I went to. They did yep. a little present. Someone did a presentation about them. I like fell in love with them. So yeah, awesome. That is so cool. Awesome. Well, Tiffany, thank you so much. I uh, I cannot wait to talk again. We'll do a round two, and I just hope you have a fantastic day. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Animals to the Max podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with friends and family. Also, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button. It really helps me out. As always, if you have any guest suggestions, if you want to email me personally, head on over to CorbinMaxi.com. And if you haven't already, check out our social channels. You can follow me at CorbinMaxi on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll talk to you next time.